As a business leader, you know attracting top talent is just the beginning. Real growth happens when you lead yourself and others well. Creating a company culture that attracts, nurtures, and retains the best of all things. We'll teach you how to make an impact through a holistic leadership approach. Reframing success in leadership. This is the Talent Magnet Institute podcast with your host, Mike Sipple Jr. Welcome to this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. We are here with Keith Lawrence, president of Sustaining Success Solutions, a dear friend of mine, a mentor through my experience and journey of moving in to taking over senior leadership in our organization, and a Amazon top 1% bestselling author for the book, Your Retirement Quest. Keith has the proclaimed specific detail around flying 3 million miles and speaking on the successes and learnings from traveling 3 million miles around the world in 17 plus countries, touching the lives of hundreds of thousands of leaders. Keith, thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to be with you, Mike, today. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. Well, Keith, I have appreciated so much. I remember Gary Mertz mm-hmm. introduced the two of us yes, many years ago. Mm-hmm. So, Gary, thank you for that introduction. And I would love to talk today, we're going to frame up the five secrets to a successful career Mm -hmm. and would look forward to your investment. I love the fact that your career has been figuring out how to create peak performance for executives Mm -hmm. and defining that, Mm -hmm. right? Many people think it's climbing to the top means success. And I believe you're going to define that very differently for us today. Yes, very much so, Mike. As you mentioned, been very blessed, been in business 45 years. I had the honor of spending 32 years at the Procter & Gamble Company. And during that time, and then the 10 years since I left then, been working with lots of different companies all around the world, including a lot of companies here in Cincinnati, and been fortunate to learn from many, many others on my search for journey. And there's a reason why my company is called Sustaining Success, because there's a lot of people that are successful over time, but they unfortunately don't do the right things that we're going to talk about today. And they end up having some disappointments later on down the road. Mm. So this was a challenging assignment you gave me, Mike. I mean, to kind of reflect on all of those miles and the hundreds of thousands of people, but I thought we could just kind of crisply share what are those five secrets. Hopefully my hope and dream is that one of them will resonate with the people that listen to your podcast. And also probably I'm going to learn something from you too, as we go through this together. Yeah, That's I okay look forward with you. to this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you want to jump right into it? Let's do that. Yeah. Let's so again, the first one I would start with is, you know, back to Stephen Covey's famous, begin with the end in mind. So as you think about your career, have you defined the destination? And I know for some people that might be hard to do, but as I ask people to think about, just tell me what is your ideal career? I find 90% of people can't even describe in an ideal world what they would love to do. Mm. And that's very different, as you know, Mike, in this day and age for the younger generations than it was when I was growing up. You know, you joined Proctor and you stayed there for a career. Mm -hmm. That is not the case today. So that definition of career will be a bit different. So, but it starts with defining for you what a successful career looks like Mm. and recognizes that's going to change over time too, right? As you learn, as you evolve, as the economy changes, as opportunities change. But ideally, you know, start with a clean sheet of paper and say, if you had your way, what would your career look like? Mm -hmm. And I find most people have not invested that time even to get a starting point for a discussion. Yeah. And our listeners, I would strongly encourage you. We've all heard this, but many people don't take the time. Right, This particular one, we know this innately. And usually if individuals wait till sickness or they run into a brick wall physically or emotionally, spiritually, 
and spending the time to really invest in this conversation. So we hope, Keith and I hope, that our listeners today will take this moment. If you're on an airplane, map out some 30 minutes or an hour while you're on your next airplane ride. You know, if you're commuting, hit record and start talking to your phone. Of course, have your phone out of your hands. But, right. But just start talking, communicating about this and putting this into words could really be a great asset. And we hope could really change a life. Absolutely. I mean, it could begin with just, you know, imagine your boss comes to you and say, okay, I want to have a career discussion with you. What would you say? Mm -hmm. And I find many people it's like, well, I want to get promoted. Promoted to what and why? To do what? So I think that's the first secret I would share. Absolutely. All right. Wonderful. The second one, and I know you're a huge proponent of this, Mike, and this is one of the things I love working about with you and your team. It's all about playing to your strengths and those of others. I find many, many people really are not clear on their personal core strengths. And they're in jobs, frankly, that they don't like. One of the reasons why is that because it's not really tapping into their innate gifts and abilities. And, you know, that's why I think you're so successful because I'm sure you're one of your strengths finder strengths is relator right? That's mm -hmm. the business that you're all about, connecting people and relating with people. Mm -hmm. But I find most people, again, when I just sat down with a leader at LaGuardia Airport last night, and he wanted some coaching about how he can add more value to his company. I said, well, tell me, Adam, what are your core strengths about? And he goes, what are you talking about? And so I'm a huge proponent of, you know, spending $14, buying the Strengths Finder book, doing the online survey, it takes 20 minutes, it comes back with your top five core strengths, and it gets you started at least in thinking, about, well, here's the destination I want. Is it going to play to my core strengths? Mm -hmm. And I'm sure you see this all the time too in the coaching absolutely. work that you do, Mike, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then recognize you're not great at everything. I mean, I have, and build a team around you of people that can support you. So and I think a lot of leaders get caught up into this. I can do it all. Well, we can't. Mm -hmm. And it's really important to, you know, have coaches and mentors and sponsors and other people in your life that are there to help, you know, round your strengths out that you might not have. Yeah. In episode nine, Keith, we just had a great conversation with Daniel Wachter, who's now the vice president of global sales and marketing for Bemis Healthcare Packaging. And he discusses the experience of him going to Ruben's house mm -hmm. and recognizing that that particular artist crafted the blueprint mm. and then got experts to design every piece of artwork he created. So how did an artist create more than humanly possible? Mm -hmm. Is he got experts to join his team yep. to paint the landscape, to design the clouds, to paint the people or the houses. And it was a pivotal time for Daniel. He reflects in this in episode nine that that was a pivotal point where he was so worn out as a leader and trying to yep. do so much on his own mm -hmm. and then recognizing, well, that's not leadership. Right. Leadership isn't doing everything on your own. Absolutely. And it's understanding your strengths yep. and then building a team and building into the team that you put around you. Yeah. And recognize you're all going to be very different. And that's where the magic happens to your point, right? Is you all bring some unique strengths to the party. And if you can figure out how to work together with one another, that's when the real magic happens. Mm -hmm. So the second strength would be is play to your strengths and be willing to play to the strengths of others. And mm -hmm. I find, unfortunately, many leaders aren't clear and they aren't willing to partner with others. And mm -hmm. that's where they miss out a bit on the career front. Mm -hmm. The third insight I would share is it's all about pursue your passions, but balance it with family first. Mm -hmm. Again, through the book that you mentioned, I wrote with my co-author, Alan Spector, we've been studying this whole topic of retirement for the last 25 years and have interviewed hundreds and not thousands of leaders and later on in life. And one of the regrets is 
you know, they talk about, and I'm sure you see it all the time too, when they're in their 60s and 70s and go, oh my gosh, you know, I, I had a successful career. I pursued my passions, but I sacrificed my family and friends in the process. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to find a role that you pursue your passion, whatever the passion might be, as Steve Jobs' famous term was, you know, where are you going to make a dent on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. But make sure you do that in the context of putting family first. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough balance to have, right? But I think it's critically important so you win long-term and you sustain a very successful life, not just your career. Absolutely. Keith, we see this show up in succession planning so much for family and private business where the fear of retirement sometimes has nothing to do with the financial structure, Hmm. but has a lot to do with the emotional tie they have to their identity being so much about the work and they don't have anything else to do. There's a few family business leaders here in town that are running very successful next generation companies that it took them the opportunity to help their parents find something else to take interest in. Mm -hmm. That was the moment. It wasn't about dad or grandpa is uncomfortable with me running the company. It was dad and grandpa or grandma have nothing else to do because their whole life has been put into being at work all the time and this is their identity. I love that component of finding your passions and your passions, they need to align greatly to what you do during the day. Yes. But there are other things for passion. I have one friend who's once his father recognized that Mm -hmm. and really started enjoying going for walks and getting into walking groups and spending time with friends and playing poker and doing all of these things at 75 years old, finally retirement came. Yep. And it's been a joy for everyone involved. Absolutely. Um, and to your point, I've got a lot of clients like that, you know, where the dad still shows up because he has nothing else to do, right? Mm-hmm. And he's lonely and whatever. And that doesn't, that's not good for him. And it's not good for mm-hmm. the son or daughter who's trying to run the company, right? Yeah. But as a consultant that used to work with a P&G all the time, he made a quote years ago that always stuck with me. The company will work you 24-7, 365 if you let it. Mm-hmm. Right. And you've got to set the boundaries. And I'm not talking not working hard, but again, one of the core principles I would suggest in the spirit of having not only career, but life success is you've got to put your family first, however you might define that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I find sadly I have workshops all the time and I ask people if I gave you an hour today to go do something fun for you without your phone, what would you do? And half the group looks at me like I'm at from Mars because they've lost that component of my passion is music or whatever, mm-hmm. because they're so consumed with their work mm-hmm. and their life and their health and their family is sacrificed as a result of that. It's pretty sad later on, yeah. but I know the group on the line is not going to let that happen. Yeah. Well, and those who are listening, I mean, I have sat in interviews. I've interviewed executives who have actually come in and said, I need to get off the road because my child passed away and I wasn't yeah. here to be with my family while my child was going through leukemia or cancer or all of these very difficult things and the emotions of that, yeah. of which I'm very thankful for having mentors like you in my life. I think mm-hmm. surrounding ourselves with mentors who have led life well and looking at individuals who aren't just successful in career, but are successful in life and that have relationships and that pour themselves into family, find mentors, find people who talk about their family and draw close to them and learn about the insights from that and how much more fulfilling, you know, we talk about helping leaders succeed in relationships, work, community, and life. There's a reason why we book in this with relationships and life Mm -hmm. because so many find themselves not aligned 
with those two components. And that's what it takes to hit a pivotal moment to start really investing in your life. Well, I'll just reinforce one of the things you said, Mike, I think it's so important is you've got to have what I call accountability partners in life. No matter how good we are, we can't practice some of these simple habits on our own. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, having a team around you of mentors and sponsors, but also people that can hold you accountable. You know, as I was a PNG, I was guilty of working a lot of long hours to the point where I used to have somebody call me at, at the end of the day. And he said, you're on your way, Keith, to the gym because I'm meeting you there in 30 minutes. I mean, because I would work long hours if I didn't have that accountability partner. Mm. So I think having people there that care about you, but also making sure you're doing some of the things we just talked about, like, are you putting your family first, et cetera, is pretty important. So that's the third secret is pursue your passions, but balance it with family first. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. The next one I wrote down here is a very simple but very powerful career development model I learned many, many years ago. And it went against the grain of what my father taught me, all right? Because I think it was a different generation. And the model is, the secret here is remember PI. And PI stands for three things, performance, image, and exposure, And my dad used to taught me, again, great guy from the Second World War, you know, U.S. Marine, you know, greatest generation, you know, that what he taught me is you work hard and life will be great and your career will be perfect, right? Mm -hmm. And I took that to heart and I worked hard and continue to work pretty hard, right? But that's not enough. And there's two other dimensions I've seen critically important in career success is image. And what I mean by that is just how you show up every day at work your demeanor, your engagement level. I mean, you could describe it even better than I can, Mike, but just how you show up at work is critically important. You could be doing a great job, but if your image is not fitting for the environment that you're in and what leaders are looking for, that can be a detriment to you. And then around the exposure part is seeking out opportunities to get exposure to different parts of the business. Be willing to volunteer for projects. Be willing to volunteer for giving presentations. Be willing to go to seminars, to do things that might be above and beyond the call of duty, but it's all about in the spirit of your development. So the people I've seen succeed the best in life is they're remembering pie and practicing it as it relates to their career. So mm-hmm. does that resonate Absolutely. with you and your experience? Yeah, I think we just recently had a executive, a CEO, who we asked, you know, the becoming a CEO one of the aspects he attributes to his career growth is raising his hand and jumping on the team right. and saying, I'll take on that challenge. I'd be happy to be the first one to you know, join that team. And it taught him to surround himself with great people, yep. build the right team, create the exposure. Yep. Certainly the image component of showing up and building, that builds confidence in others to have confidence in you, mm-hmm. right? And that's a key component of leadership Even if you're going down paths that are unknown, if you're getting ready to acquire an organization or getting ready to move to a new role or take on a new opportunity or be challenged with new aspects of customer demand Mm -hmm. and but people building the confidence in others so that they have confidence in you as a leader elevates an organization. Yeah. And again, part of it is being, and I'm sure you know this through your experience, Mike, is being willing and being open for candid feedback. And Mm -hmm. so seeking out from those that you work with, you know, how does my image come across when people think of me, right? What comes to mind? Mm -hmm. And many of us don't like to hear that feedback and therefore we don't ask for it or may get defensive when we hear it. But that is really key to growth and to surround yourself with people that are willing to, that you reach out to and say, hey, Mike, you know, I'm thinking about my future 
future, name one thing I could do to be better in X, Y, Z, and then be willing to accept that feedback as a gift mm. and take it to heart, I think is really, really important. That's so. wonderful. And then the last thing I would say, and again, this has multiple dimensions to it, but you know, the last one would, the secret would be own your career. And the reason why I say this is I find so many individuals at all generations, but in many cases, the younger generation, I had to say where, you know, they're waiting for someone to, you know, guide their career, manage their career, take care of their career. And I'm a huge believer that leaders of others need to invest and develop their people, their team. But I also believe wholeheartedly that each of us have to take personal responsibility for our career. Mm. If we don't, why should we expect the organization to? And that takes many, many different dimensions, right? As we talked about practicing these other secrets, investing in your development, your own personal development, being bold, going willing, be willing to move beyond your comfort zone. I see so many people in different companies who, you know, spend five, six, seven years in the same role and they get comfortable and they're not willing to reach out and do things differently for a whole bunch of reasons. And that stymies their development long-term. So part of this taking responsibility is being bold. And then the last piece of that is, and I'm sure you've seen this also on the other hand, avoid some of the key derailers, things that get in the way. And the, the two that come to mind that I've seen, unfortunately, is when some leaders become successful and they let their ego take over and or a lack of willingness to learn, you know, that I've got this all buttoned up. I'm a great leader. I don't need to do anything else. And then that's just a recipe for failure down the road. Mm -hmm. So I think the last secret would be, you know, take ownership for your career and driving it, being bold, being willing to do different things and make sure you stay on target. Mm. Keith, so with your focus of peak performance and helping organizations and leaders and people achieve their best, you've seen these five show up. Mm -hmm. Where do leaders typically find themselves where they start actually paying attention to this? And how can we transform that to get people earlier to start really focusing on these five secrets? That's a great question, Mike. One is, first of all, if you can join a company that values developing their people and recognizes the importance of leadership, you know, egos surround themselves with eagles, you will soar too, right? Mm -hmm. So I think if you can join a company and do your due diligence, and there's a lot of those firms, and I'm sure you work with them, Mike, that really... I know you had Steve Shipman from Michaelman on your call here recently on the podcast. You know, we just made a huge investment. They made a huge investment in Leadership Accelerator. That by itself raises the entire boat when you're joining an organization like that. I also see people that unfortunately, I think you mentioned it before, they go through some sort of life crisis. So they have a loss of a loved one or some illness and they recognize that life is short and they readjust themselves potentially around putting family first or they recognize that, geez, I'm in a job that's not pursuing my passions, playing in my strings. I'm miserable. I need to make a change. Mm. So put yourself in a company that really values career development and take full advantage of it would be one. And then secondly, don't wait for one of the major life events to, you know, knock you in the side of the head. Mm -hmm. But I think many cases, that's what happens. Mm -hmm. There's an aspect of this, Keith, that I'll share with our listeners, the owning the career portion that 
not every company is going to let everyone know, please own your career. Please raise your hand if you see something or want to develop or do something else, right? Some organizations do. And you see individuals getting cross-functional leadership experience. And we have one client that every year, and I've referenced this in another podcast, they take their executive team to a leadership conference offsite in Manhattan, and they encourage every leadership team member to identify one talent that is not a direct report, it could be multi-layers below, but that they see potential in, and it gives them exposure. But not every company does that. Yep. So what can we encourage our listeners to do if they don't have a company that says, hey, let us know how you want to develop, we want to invest in yep. you, but how do they raise their hand themselves and go to the chief people officer or chief human mm-hmm. resource officer or their direct supervisor and say, you know, here's a couple things that I'd like to learn and grow and develop into? Well, I don't even think they need to raise their hand. I mean, one of the great values of the day we live in compared to when I started my career a few decades ago is what's available now on the internet. I mean, listen to TED Talks, right? Or the podcast series that are out there. I mean, I listen to probably a dozen different podcasts every week. So first, immerse yourself, invest, take some of your precious personal time and invest in your own development, right? You don't need to wait for your boss's permission or the chief people officer to go do that. And that will help sharpen the saw, help you refine your skills, give you some new insights that then you bring a better equipped self to work. Mm. And then I think it starts as simple as how do you show up at work, right? Are you engaged in meetings? Do you ask questions? Do you volunteer for activities, right? I mean, I think you can do more of the formal things that you're Mm. talking about, right? But even the companies that provide a lot of formal activities, I see some leaders, unfortunately, don't volunteer, don't raise their hand, and they lose out as a result of Mm. that. So I think it starts with you making a personal choice. I'm going to invest in my success. And there's a lot of things you can do there. Yeah. Attend seminars, read books. I mean, in fact, it's a bit overwhelming. you got to be a little selective because yeah. you can and get things, overwhelmed. And things that are simple and free as yeah. well as things you can invest in. Yeah. And I think to the employers listening, encourage your employees to think this way. Yes. Right? To yeah. really put what does investing in my own career look like? That doesn't mean you're taking your accountability off to invest in your people, yeah. but really helping people understand how they can continue to develop and hear the things that resources that you as a leader do yeah. to stay sharp and to sharpen your soul. Yeah. And that might also mean disconnecting from technology and enjoying time with friends and family, or that might mean a, you know going to and experiencing a TEDx conference mm-hmm. or standing up and raising your hand for a disrupt HR conference or various things like that that puts you out of your comfort zone, but really help you learn and grow and invest in yourself. Yeah, I think some of the best learning you can get is what I call switch the gears, right? So as opposed to go listening to a business podcast, right? Go to a musical concert, right? If that's not what you're used to, and that will enrich and grow you and help you become a better person and a better leader back at work. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Well, Keith, I really appreciate these five secrets of success, and we'll make sure to highlight this as well in the show notes. And I hope people enjoy the journey and this experience. The one thing I did want to ask the question of the 10 secrets to creating and living a fulfilling retirement, are there a couple of additional points that you might add to this dialogue that individuals can be thinking about, even if they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, that they can be doing now? Mm -hmm 
to help them live a fulfilling and successful career in life long term? Well, that's a great question. I'll answer that. And then I have one for you at the end here too, Mike, right? So, because uh, I want to learn from you through this experience today. So originally, again, as I mentioned to you, Alan Spector and I were studying retirement and came up with these 10 secrets for fulfilling retirement. Interestingly enough, as we've done seminars all across the country, we basically have concluded there are 10 secrets for a great life at any age. We've had people bring their grandparents who can no longer drive, you know, they're 22, go through the workshop and say, hey, these apply to me too. And that's correct. A number of things I mentioned today are the same secrets that we teach in that class. But the couple ones that I would add to this list, I think, which is what you mentioned, right? I would add two. One is what we call connectedness, right? And the people that have the richest life have what we call two o'clock in the morning friends. These are people that you can call at two o'clock in the morning, no questions asked, and you will be there for them. Sadly, in our country right now, the average is, I will ask you, what do you think the average number of two o'clock in the morning friends that the average person has? I would say zero. Okay. Well, it's not that long, <laughs> okay. all right? <laughs> but it used to be three a decade ago, three. and now it's 1.5. Wow. And then we're not talking about Facebook friends. Right. These are deep, close, connected, personal friends. Who would get out of bed to help and, you and, right and, now and in the middle of the night. Mike, I need you. You be there, right? And the research shows that to have a fulfilling life at any age is seven. So I'd ask people on the podcast here today, could you honestly write down seven people that could truly be your two o'clock in the morning friends? And if not, then begin the journey. And this is the biggest challenge, frankly, of more for men than women. Women are much more equipped to have these kinds of relationships than men. You don't want to wait till you're 70 and find out you have no two o'clock in the morning friends because mm-hmm. you're going to need them even more so at that age. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's one of them I would share as we talk about this. Right. And then the other one I would suggest is just begin the process of planning your life. And that includes financial planning. I find so many people at all ages don't have a financial plan, let alone a life plan. I mean, I ask people, tell me what you want to do, where you want to live. How do you want to spend your time? And most people understand the value of having a plan because they plan at work. They plan their vacation. They plan their new home. They plan their podcast series, right? But I say, tell me about your plan for your life. And 95% of the people go, geez, good question. And as a result, they end up just reacting to things versus proactively living their life. And they wake up 30 years later and they go, oh, what happened to the last three decades? Mm-hmm. So that would be the second thing I would share is invest some time, which we've talked about today, mm-hmm. beyond your career, thinking about what you want your life to be, right? And what does it look like? Career is just one aspect of that. Absolutely. I think the sooner people can get started, I do a lot of coaching with high school students because I think one of the most important skills, a lot of the skills in life we don't teach. So it starts the sooner you can plant the seeds of greatness and get people pointed on the right direction, whatever that direction is for them, play to their strings, play their passions, get two o'clock in the morning friends, the more successful their life will be. And frankly, I wish I had all of this when I was 18. Life Mm. might've turned out a little differently along the way. That's right. So my question for you, right, is I shared my five secrets of career success, right? And I know you've added your thoughts as you go away. Did I miss one from your years of experience as you worked with individuals? What would be Mike Sipple's career secret success here? It really reiterates several of your points. The personal relationships. So many times 
we walk into journeys with leaders that don't have personal relationships. We talk about community and isolation. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of leaders are in isolation. They're living in, they don't, you know, they can't go to their board because they're just brainstorming or they're just trying to speak out loud and freely and have someone be a good listener for them. They can't go to their immediate C-suite and their VPs because Mm -hmm. I'm being judged and, you know, everyone's watching me as the CEO and president or just a general leader in an organization. And we need to not live in isolation. And if anyone listening feels like, yep, that's me, that's the reason why I'm so stressed out and I have so much turmoil in my life, you need to stop that. And, you know, we need to get into a community that trust and reach out to one of us, Keith or I, or anyone along this journey that's been a theme Mm-hmm. that has come out. The other one is really lean into diversity and inclusion yep. and invest in not just finding differences, but similarities in relationships yep. and understanding the impact of all people. There's a reason why we say bringing out the best of all and not just bringing out the best of individuals to help you in your business succeed, yep. but bringing out the best of all people and all ideas And with that, also investing back in them, Mm -hmm. right? So what do you want individuals to remember and experience of you and your leadership and your friendship? Did you invest back in people? So community, Mm -hmm. creating community, having relationships, leaning into diversity and inclusion, and being very specific and evaluating your strengths there and your uncomfort, the uncomfort experience you might have to get comfortable with valuing people's differences and similarities, finding the similarities. There's an exercise that we do for team building to kind of bring a room together. Mm-hmm. And it's here, you're in a room of strangers or you're in a room of people that are cross-functional mm-hmm. and you can't release from the group until you find similarities. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's amazing how quickly yes. people find similarities. Yeah. Well, what's the stat? 98, 99% of our DNA is the same. Right. Right. I mean, but unfortunately, we focus on the differences and that becomes barriers to a lot of different things. Relationships, taking advantage of what the community brings, giving back to one another and creating a great legacy. Back to the point I made on life planning. Right. When it's all said and done, what do you want people to say about you? Mm -hmm. You know, I unfortunately grow into companies where they have the retirement party after the person leaves because they can't wait for him to get out of there. Mm. And so I think, again, back to your point around, you know, personal relationships, value in the community. Those are great insights, Mike. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing those. Absolutely. Thank you, Keith. Well, again, we appreciate our listeners investing in this relationship in time with Keith Lawrence of Sustaining Success Solutions. Keith, thank you for your investment in me. Thank you for your challenge Mm -hmm. to me over the last five, six years to really push me to think outside the box and to reframe success in leadership. Well, it's been an honor, Mike. Thank you and best of luck to you in Centennial. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Talent Magnet Institute podcast. A toxic work culture can be costlier than you can imagine, but hard to identify. Go to talentmagnetinstitutepodcast.com slash toxic culture to learn seven signs that there's something you need to fix in your workplace. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is powered by Centennial, a talent strategy and executive search firm, and the Talent Magnet Institute. You can engage with us at Talent Magnet I on Twitter or Talent Magnet Institute on LinkedIn and Facebook. Please communicate by using hashtag Talent Magnet. 
Find us in your favorite podcast app to subscribe, rate, and leave a review, as well as share with a colleague. You can also listen at talentmagnetpodcast.com. Our podcast studio is based in greater Cincinnati, Ohio. We are supported by our listeners, clients, and partners from all over the world. The Talent Magnet Institute podcast is made possible by a great team that includes Janelle Spence and Christine Lewis of Centennial, Josh Chappelle and Adam Smith of Soundpress, produced by Chris Madine of New Fidelity Studios, and Audra Casino and Megan Doherty of One Stone Creative. Music written by DJ Corbett and Chris Madine. And myself, your host, Mike Zippel Jr. Thank you for joining us on the journey of developing leaders to succeed in relationships, work, community, and life, reframing success in leadership.